1: Where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous US China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Today in Science from Wired. Brought to you by Lucky Charm's magical mission. Let Lucky the Leprechaun take you and your kids on an interactive adventure through the eight magical charm lands to restore magic. Available on your smart speaker, just say open Lucky Charms Magical Mission or search for it wherever you listen to podcasts. Should we conserve parasites? Apparently, yes. A group of ecologists and biologists say the world's ticks, leeches, and tapeworms need love and conservation, too. Now they've got a 12-point plan. By Eric Niler Whether it's finding a tick buried in your socks after a walk in the woods or yanking off a few leeches after a pond swim, parasites trigger revulsion in most of us. And forget about those worms in your guts. Parasites are bad news for both people and animals, the thinking goes, because they weaken the body or transmit disease. But a group of researchers is promoting a bit of scientific heresy, or at least thinking about parasites a little differently. They are ringing a warning bell, calling parasites vital for the survival of species that, as odd as it may seem, actually depend on them. Just as endangered animals need to be protected, they say so too do worms, mites, lice, and leeches that infest all living creatures. For example, parasites can help by regulating their host's immune system and keeping it in balance, as well as removing harmful toxins from the environment. "We need to reframe how we think about parasites," says k c c Bell, assistant curator of terrestrial animals at the Natural History Museum of Los Angeles County. "They are really important animals to keep around; they help host populations, and they are so understudied that there's the potential they can go extinct before we know what they're doing in the ecosystem. Bell studies genetic diversity in ground squirrels and over time has come to appreciate the role parasites play in keeping squirrel populations healthy. In fact, she says specific species of parasites have evolved along with their squirrel hosts to help ward off other invading parasites that could kill them. Bell is a member of a consortium of ecologists and wildlife biologists that have put out a conservation plan to study parasites in more detail, protect them, and treat them with a bit of, well, respect. Their 12-point plan came out this month in the journal Biological Conservation. Among their recommendations, they write that when studying wildlife... Researchers need to account for and preserve parasites rather than picking them off of animals with tweezers in the belief that the parasites are harming them. For example, captive-bred pandas, wolves, and other big, charismatic animals are de-loused and de-ticked when they are being transported from the wild to zoos or from one place in their native habitat to another. That may not be the best idea, says Skylar Hopkins, an assistant professor of applied ecology at North Carolina State University. If we are translocating animals, we should think about which parasites they have and whether they should be translocated too. Hopkins says. Even species that we think we know so much about, like the panda, we do not know all the parasite species that the panda has. Sometimes researchers use parasites as a way to track the evolutionary history of the host animal. Biologists collected small parasitic crustaceans that feed off of flaking whale skin to sketch the history of the endangered right whale. Scientists studying the endangered Galapagos hawk examined the bird's feather lice to figure out how and when the species colonized the islands and how each population is related. The louse family tree helped reveal relationships among separate hawk families, showing how they moved from one island to another, carrying along their lice. Hopkins says that parasites are also integral to an animal's or human's immune functioning. All species have co-evolved with parasites, and so our immune systems are there to interact with parasites, she says. Medical researchers have been studying the role of the hookworm, a parasite that causes intestinal disease in humans and leads to anemia. But research in the past decade has also shown in mice models that the hookworm stimulates an immune response that can help protect human tissue. Too many hookworms is bad, but a small number in the human gut might help combat autoimmune problems such as inflammatory bowel disease and Crohn's disease, according to a 2016 paper published in the journal Science. Parasite researchers involved in the new conservation efforts say that the key to a symbiotic relationship between parasite and host is maintaining balance between too many and too few parasites. While an overabundance of tapeworms, for example, can kill a fish over time, A smaller number of them actually help to remove toxic chemicals such as platinum from the environment while living in the fish's digestive system, according to a 2004 review of studies from several countries. These tapeworms are used by some researchers as an indicator of industrial pollution affecting rivers and streams. By removing the tapeworms from the fish, scientists can tell which chemicals have been contaminating the waterways over time. Mackenzie Kwok, professor of parasitology at the National University of Singapore, is a big proponent of the beneficial uses of parasites and the need to protect them. If you get queasy at parasites, don't peek at Kwok's gross slash cool Facebook page. He says there's no reason to protect and preserve common parasites like the fleas that live on cats and dogs, which exist on six continents and are in no danger of extinction. But there might be good reasons to protect ones like the pangolin tick, which lives only on the pangolins of Southeast Asia. It doesn't attack humans, it's just a part of biodiversity, and it's very likely that it could be having some positive benefits for the pangolin, Quack says. He's still researching what those benefits might be. On the other hand, we already know a lot about cat and dog fleas, which can cause health problems such as anemia in their hosts and are so widespread they don't need to be protected. Kwok and other researchers are pushing for more recognition and more detailed cataloging of parasites by museums, zoos, and other academic labs. The group also wants institutions to digitize their collections and share their findings just like they do for rare mammals, fish, or insects. They are also asking for an international list of endangered parasites, much like the heralded Red List of Endangered Birds, Mammals, and Insects, published each year by the International Union for Conservation of Nature. In fact, while some researchers go gaga over a cute panda or pangolin, Quak has a thing for parasites. I look at them and I think they are really nice, he says. When I collect ticks off pangolin, I feel a bit of pity when I put them in the alcohol. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more
0: science news at wired.com science.